millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Blog Talk Radio. Hey guys, welcome to the Steel Wars Boys Show. I am comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars. And for the next hour or so, we're taking your calls on all things Star Wars. And to help us do that from one of my favourite all-time Star Wars podcasts, we have got Pete the Retailer. And Alex from the Star Wars Minute. How are you guys doing? I'm doing all right. Thanks. Thanks for having us, Steele. While we wait for Alex to connect, I'll just go through a few things happening in the world of Steel Wars this week. Uh, if you haven't already checked it out, I uh, co-hosted Collider's Jedi Council this week on YouTube. So check that out with um, Christian Harloff. And um, it was it was awesome. It was awesome fun with uh, Ken Knapsock as well, talking all the week's Star Wars news. Our 150th traditional Steel Wars podcast went up this week with Corey D. Williams, the son of Lando Carizian, Billy D. Williams himself, with tons of really fun tales from the Sarlacc pit when he played Klaatu. All those years ago. And I've got to tell you, Pete, I'm going to the Sarlacc pit this Sunday. Really? Is there some kind of... Yeah, uh, I'm heading out there. Some kind of event? Or are you going out to the, just into the desert where they, where they filmed it? I'm just going out into the desert. I've, I've found someone that will uh, drive me out in an ATV. And uh, we're mid-road trip. We're starting a road trip tomorrow leading up to uh, Thanksgiving. And when I looked at the map, and I saw Yuma, Arizona, I was like, I gotta I gotta see where that green was first ignited. It's gonna yeah. be very special. Okay, it's funny that there are those those spots, you know, that just on the map for people. I think it's for for Star Wars fans reading a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And I, I feel like it's the same thing for professional wrestling fans, just hearing, you know, like like people's hometowns. It's like you have a weird internal map in your head. <laughs> Uh, of like, oh yeah, well sure, you know, Calgary, Alberta, Canada, yeah, I know that. And like, and with Star Wars fans, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, like, you know, Tunisia, you know, I know exactly. You could like pinpoint exactly where it is, you know, the Lars Homestead is, or you know, it's, uh, my wife and I went to Guatemala a few years back, basically just to go, you know, to Yavin Four, and uh, you know, there's all these things that is just like, oh yeah, I know where that is in the world, just because strictly because of Star Wars. What did you, did you get to see anything, like, did you get to go to where that was, that establishing shot was filmed or anything like that? In oh, Guatemala? yeah. Yeah. Really? You can, you can, at Tikal, it's a national park and you can climb up the, 
the kind of uh, pyramids that they have there. And, and one of them, you can basically stand where that, you know, there's the shot with the guy kind of in the bucket, you know, looking out, you can kind of stand where that was filmed and look, and there's a little like alcove that, that he had to be kind of set up in that the cameraman had to be set up in. And it's pretty neat. Really? Yeah. Interesting. All right. I'm going to be, I'm going to be pitching that, that holiday idea. Uh, Jackie's going to find it very weird that I've suddenly got an urge to go to Guatemala. It's, uh, <laughs> it will be, I, I think she'll decode it pretty quickly. She'll be like, what thing from Star Wars is filmed there? It's, uh, right. But when, I, yeah, when I, was, or... I was talking to Corey D. Williams about going out to where they filmed it. And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there, I don't know if they left anything out there. And I'm like, oh, no, they didn't. But it's going to be some, I get to be around the famous sand. This is space sand, right. you know? Are you going to bag some up and bring it back and sell it? Like official Sarlacc sand? You're half right. Okay. I, I will be bagging some up or bucketing some up, but I will not be then on selling it to anyone. Mm-hmm. That's, I'll be keeping, that's my sand, buddy. That's my precious that's sand. Right. Not just... <laughs> even it out some uh, on eBay or whatever. But right. uh, other things just happening in Steel Wars, some links I posted up on YouTube, our live commentary we did a couple of years back to the Star Wars holiday special as it's life day today, apparently. Happy life day, Peter. Yeah, happy life day. I, I, I forgot the traditional uh, greeting, something in Shira work, I'm sure. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, you just put on your uh, your adult helmet on backwards and have <laughs> a relaxing afternoon. And the other holiday special, maybe a more important one this year that I want to remind you about, is the Blue Harvest holiday special that Hawes Burkhart put together from the Blue Harvest podcast. It's $4 on Bandcamp. It features tons of uh, great podcasters. And all the proceeds, I think it's about a three-hour show talking about Star Wars holiday memories and all types of things, all the proceeds go to the Kessel Toy Run, raising a bit of cash to buy some kids having a less than pleasant holiday with some Star Wars cheer. Peter, when we first interacted, you were on the podcast a couple of years back. We did a, a Steel Wars interview. I, I think sure. it was it was you were on tender hooks, I think, at the time about whether you were going to delve into the prequels. And and here we are. You're just launched into the first five minutes of Revenge of the Sith. How are you feeling a- ahead of this marathon? I'm feeling good. It, it's uh you know I feel like we hit bottom somewhere in the middle of uh, attack of the clones and then uh, alex really likes this one um i i haven't seen it that much so i'm kind of experiencing it again anew for the first time almost um and uh and so then the the, the confidence the the uh the emotional the happiness level is high still um, you know, we're, we're, I'm, I'm excited to see new things. He's still on board. And I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. But when we started, it was before the, the new Disney stuff was out. And so it was just like, oh, we're going to kind of, you know, slowly burn out on these prequels. But now there's, you know, there's, there's 
movies that are more universally recognized as enjoyable than that we have ahead of us. Yeah, I actually, actually some sizzle for the next week's podcast. I've got an interview with Christian Harloff from Collider and we're talking about that not that long ago, which made for a very interesting drive in LA traffic to get here to start the show. Let me tell you, it was, it was, it was down to the last 10 minutes in traffic. Very fascinating. But um, how much, like it's, you can be so much easier on the prequels now that you don't have to count on them for half your Star Wars films. Yeah. It's sort of like a, I don't know, you can just have some fun with it. Yeah. Like it, it, it's not the end of the world, literally. It's not the end of the universe. You know, the Star Wars universe doesn't, doesn't close with this, you know, kind of mediocre, um, you know, there's, there's certainly things to enjoy in these movies, but the, the overall feeling just wasn't, as good as it is now where it's, there's bright things ahead of us that uh, I mean, I don't, we haven't really discussed how, uh, how, uh, how we feel about these newer movies, but I think, you know, you, like I said, universally there, most people seem to, or generally most people seem to uh, like them, find them more enjoyable than, than the bulk of the prequels. Yeah. They're less divisive or decisive. Yeah. That's for sure. What about, have you, were you, have you only seen Revenge of the Sith once? Uh, yes. <laughs> That's the, uh, <laughs> again, it's, it's that feeling. It's that, you know, kind of, uh, you know, I was super excited for Phantom Menace and I saw it 12 times in its original run in the theater. And then um, Revenge of the Sith, I was less excited by. I mean, uh, Attack of the Clones, I was less excited by. I only saw it one or two times and I was like, yeah, that really didn't do it for me. And by the time I, you know, Revenge of the Sith came out, I feel like I was just kind of done um, with that phase. And now kind of getting back, obviously, in the past couple of years, kind of delving way back deep into Star Wars. Uh, it's, I've, I've kind of tried to protect that. Like, I haven't gone back and watched it specifically because I knew that we would be, we would be going back in minute by minute. So having it be as close as I could to watching it fresh. Yeah. That's an interesting experience. So you're not going to watch the whole thing. You're actually doing it minute by minute. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'll have to ask Alex for things. I was like, does this come back? Like, is this going to be a, a thing? Uh, or is this like, you know, if I bring up a point, I'm like, oh, what happens to this guy? And Alex will be like, well, you know, 10 minutes from now he dies. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, um, it's a, I don't know. In a week and a half he dies. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's an unusual experience, but it's, it's been fun so far. All right, Actually, I, I wanted to go see it. Uh, was it last celebration or the one before it, where they they had it in 3D? But I just the scheduling didn't work out. Do we have Alex on the line right now? Hello. <laughs> hey, Alex. Hey. How you doing, man? What are you guys doing? Like a talk show or something? <laughs> We're trying. <laughs> <laughs> we are trying. How you doing? Going, you're you're at the beginning of your Revenge of the Sith marathon. How you feeling, buddy? Oh, I'm uh, super excited about it. It's my well, I'm excited about, it. super excited. It might be overstating it. It's my favorite of the prequels, and uh, none of the bad scenes last too long. So you, 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 there's no like pod race or uh, droid factory in it where you're like, oh boy, three weeks of this. So that's good. <laughs> that pod race, man. That really goes. I we, we did a commentary of the Blu-ray version, 
and they just kept pod racing. They just kept going. Yeah. It took us over two weeks to do the pod race. There's only so much you can say if we have to start vamping a lot. (laughs) Well, uh, I was with, just after they announced the new trilogy with Ryan Johnson, I was hanging out with the guys that do the Star Wars Explained uh, YouTube channel, Alex and Molly. And uh, they do an awesome channel and they're going to be on a podcast uh, coming up in December. But they're like, as soon as they announced those three new films, they were like, yes, like, you know, we're going to have stuff to work on, you know, for years to Mm -hmm. come. How was that realization for you guys? Yeah. Similar. Like, you know, when we started the Disney purchase hadn't happened yet. So we were just like, well, we'll do the first movie. We'll see. And then it was like, well, we'll finish the trilogy. We'll see. And then it's like, well, and now it's, it's turned into like, well, if, uh, you know, uh, let's see this new movie coming out. We'll get to that in 2022. And we, you know, we have this whole like machine rolling now. So I, I hope that it kind of, you know, keeps going forever <laughs> at this point. And is rogue one in your future plans to minitize? Two, two years from now. Right. Yeah, yeah, we're we're our mantra is always release order. So, I think we're a firm believer, and that's the way that these movies should be watched. And uh, of course, that's so that's the way we're going to address them. So, next, you know, we're we're doing we're into this now. The next year will be uh, Force Awakens, and then the year after that, we'll do Rogue One, and then we'll we'll, we'll keep going in the order that they came out in. Yeah, I don't think you guys are really an authority on the correct way to watch the movies just quietly. <laughs> but you have, uh, you've started what, like, I love that you've started a genre of podcast. Like, like I, I think that is very impressive. What film has someone minutized that you just like, come on guys, come on. <laughs> well, those are the ones that I like the most. The ones that are, are unexpected. Talking cat is interesting. The, the guys who are doing Mystic Pizza Minute, and uh, they've never seen the movie, so they're just going in cold each minute, being like, oh, what's this about? So um, it's essentially really like become a, a competition who can torture themselves the most with a film. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Whereas some, you know, there's ones that, ones that people dig out that are just totally their passion projects. Like, I, you know, our, our friend Jim did uh, Airport minute which was you know a huge movie at the time but it doesn't really have that same place in in kind of pop culture that a lot of these other you know blockbuster like you know star wars and indiana jones and you know aliens and all these other ones do back to the future like they're not you know those are kind of cultural touchstones and and airport was huge and and kind of set off a a trend but been forgotten but he's you know he's an aerospace enthusiast and it's his you know this was like his movie to do Totally. So I love it when somebody's just like, oh, this is my one of those. Like, and they do it and they, they, they go all in. I think in that case, it's kind of like Weird Al, where the popularity of the movie Airplane, like that's the only reason anyone knows Airport today is because there's a parody of it in a very popular right. movie. So, uh, as long as the movie Airplane is popular, someone will be curious about Airport forever. Well, m- my friend Callum, Preston, who's been on the podcast, he'd seen Spaceballs, but had never seen Star Wars. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, he was quite an interesting case. I, I took him to see Rogue One. We did a podcast and he hadn't seen any Star Wars films yet. But I, so I took him to see Rogue One as an experiment to see if he could work out what was going on and, and sort of comprehend it. <laughs> he, was, he was actually quite shocked to find out that Peter Cushing was dead. <laughs> now, was he so, asking why he looked so weird or was he just, was he... After the fact, you were like, yeah, and he was CG. You're like, what? Yeah, no, he was like, oh, I thought he right. looked a little bit weird. But yeah, I think if you don't, if you haven't got that, like, knowledge that he's gone, that um, on a certain screen, that, that was quite good. But one thing, I, I was listening to the episodes today, you're covering the battle over Coruscant in the first five minutes. And... Mm-hmm. I began to worry already because you were debating about the right way to say master. Like you're like, I don't, I don't enjoy the way he says any of the time he says master. I don't enjoy it. And you, you started riffing about which, which was the, the right like way to just to say master. And I was like, oh, these guys, they're not going to make it through this one. I don't think. <laughs> well, they get that this, the first week it's, traditionally just pete and i and so once we start getting a little loopy on friday on monday we have a guest come in and then that kind of eases the pressure a a bit so uh, we're we're counting on our next guest to help us out in that regard right so into star wars news i I guess you know we had the the ryan johnson news last week which uh you know that's it's got to be one of your top 10 Star Wars stories of all time. When you look back, what, what did you guys, uh, are you filled with excitement with uh, the new places we might go? And where do you think maybe uh, we will be heading? I was uh, cautious optimism was my watchword with Star Wars these days. I, we, I, I was excited that there's going to be more Star Wars, but, you know, without knowing any details, it's hard to it's really decide if it's worth getting excited about like you know it's like oh we're finally gonna introduce marriage aid i'm like Ugh, you know so uh i i uh i'm cautiously optimistic there's a lot of uh pitfalls out there yeah well i, I think i took it as more of a you were more that, excited you'd about be more excited about the last jedi necessary you know because that's related it seems like they were they're like, yeah, hey, good job, kid. Here's the keys to a trilogy. You know what I mean? It was like a, it was like a bonus, a, a closing Vote bonus or something. It was like, oh, you did a, you did a good job making this movie. We liked it enough, so here, you know, go do what you want. Here's a sandbox, off in the corner of the galaxy somewhere. Yeah, it's an awesome pre-review of the Last right. Jedi, which yeah. I, I was talking today with, with Christian about how we like a lot of fans already kind of love this film and we haven't seen it yet. And it's, it is a, a bit of a leap of faith just with, you know, how Ryan's presented himself and, and the goodwill he's developed with the fans. And, and, you know, the footage looks amazing and the the subject matter is scintillating to say the least. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's one of those things that I, I'm, like I'm so sure it's going to be good, but like a lot of fans, myself included, are setting us ourselves up for a huge amount of disappointment. Just going in, just like going, guys, I, I think this could be the best one. 
Now, when you say the best one, you mean the best freeze one or the best one ever of all of them? I'm, I'm holding out for the best one ever. Uh, <laughs> well, I say expectations are definitely high. I'm, I'm, I'm happy, you know, uh, with the, the Force Awakens, I was like, if, that, if it makes it into my top four, I'll be pretty happy. Hmm. So where do you want, what do you want to see in the new trilogy? Where do you want them to go? I, my best case scenario is that all the Jedi backstory that they had to come up for, for the last Jedi with, you know, with that tree and the books that, you know, whatever's in there and, you know, the history, whatever Luke Skywalker has been researching, he's essentially been researching the, uh, the new trilogy back, you know, to the, the dawn of the Jedi. That's what it could be called, you guys. Mm. Star Wars Episode Minus Three, Dawn of the Jedi. That is <laughs> such rise. a that is such a fan fiction title, and uh, <laughs> but yeah, that I, I would like that just because it would also create you know good honest connections between like the late you know the like both ends of the timeline rather than sort of tacked on like connections. So you wouldn't want right. to see like something set like during the Empire, but just in a different section of the galaxy. I've seen you the Empire. To be set. Mm-hmm. I'm done with it. Yeah, I, I just, I think like just to go way in the past, just the freedom and just having no idea. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to know what happens at the end of the films. Right. And you know, like Han Solo and Rogue One, you. you you know, you, you kind of know how the film ends up or the, the films end up. And, and just to go back in time so far back that the end of the, however the films end, the trilogy ends, it doesn't really affect the Phantom Menace. It'll end with the birth of Yoda. Oh, no. my God. <laughs> <laughs> You're ruining it. Cut off. You were like, it ends with Yoda's butt. And I was worried that you said Yoda's butt. And I was trying oh, to well, figure out how we could work that in. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It was like the internet self-censored your bad idea. It, was, it worked <laughs> out just fine. It worked out just fine. Uh, what about Battlefront, you guys? Are you, are you much of a gaming type? That's funny. We were just talking about that. That uh, I, uh, I I dabble in video games from time to time, and I bought the first Battlefront, and um, I I just couldn't. I think the lack of a of a kind of uh, you know, single player campaign mode um, got to me. I, I couldn't get into it and I need to do that. Uh, I'm, I'm not that into playing games online, although I have some, some friends, former guests of the show who have been, uh, who, who were playing at the time. And then I, I wanted to get in on that, but I never got around to it. So with this new one, I think it's a chance to start over. There's a, there's a campaign mode that I can get into and maybe I'll hit them up and see if they're still playing and, a, a yeah, big well, maybe on my part. I'm I'm not a gamer at all, but I did watch. You know, you can watch the whole thing as is like a movie without the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Just I just watched all the cutscenes, and I was having not seen, you know, where the standard of you know acting and and all that sort of stuff was in video games in, in you know the modern age. I was I was quite impressed with like the storyline and and the acting in it and. Yeah, I, I I was sort of a little bit sad when my little story ended. So, mm-hmm. it's yeah, definitely worth 
at least you know finding out what happened but I, I really enjoyed that right i'll probably do it i'll probably check it out all right well how about we take some calls let's go first up we we normally go to the patreons first but as you should as we should but i like to get in with the first person that called as well. I, I, I like the moxie. And mm. let's go out to Austin. How are you doing, Austin? Where are you calling from, buddy? Hey, guys. Uh, I'm in Kansas City. Nice. Can you hear me? You are, okay, you are cool, loud cool. and clear. What, what's, what's on your mind on this Friday evening in Kansas? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 9 p.m. and I'm sitting in my basement drinking beer uh, calling into a podcast instead of out like meeting girls or, or something. Sounds like, it sounds like you're writing your suicide note, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm really, really actually with very us, excited with because us. it's, it's my first favorite podcast and my second favorite podcast. And it's like a mashup of the two. So it's great. We won't I'm not well, going to say any more than that. Yeah, I'm not going to rank my podcast for you guys. I'm, I'm right. very sensitive, and uh, I, so I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to push for an answer on that one. We can all just believe what we need to believe. But uh, have you got a question or a comment for us this evening? I do have a comment uh, for Pete and Alex. I actually have a couple couple little notes. One thing I, I just have to tell you guys <laughs> that the the absolute funniest thing that has ever happened on your show was when you were on the Fantasy Fan Two C cruise mm -hmm. and like the mm -hmm. first episode you remember this and, and it starts and it's like oh, welcome to star wars minute and you can hear it. and then alex goes thank you david <laughs> <laughs> to, to who i assume was the only person in the audience watching you guys at, the, at that time I, I was just curious about that because i I laughed out loud like a crazy person in my office when I heard that. Uh, no, there, there were a handful of people there. It was a weird booking that they had the podcast all way in the back of the ship. And so you had to kind of mm -hmm. go through like a dining room and something else to get there. So it wasn't, you know, you to earn it. So it was a weird spot that no, you know, there were other podcasts on there, too. And we all, you know, we all have had, you know, decent other shows where we have decent crowds and and nobody was really drawing that much because it was this weird spot that was hard to find, but there were a handful of people there, but David was definitely the, the loudest because uh, he was a, he was a, a practiced audience member and, and uh, it was. Uh, right. I, yeah. I, I assumed that you, there was like multiple uh, shows going on and all kinds of events going on at the same time, but I, that, that just killed me. Um, <laughs> but also I just have to tell you guys that uh, my favorite, my favorite minute was the Phantom Menace. I believe it was episode or minute 60 where you guys had Paul Rust on and you were talking about who the frog was because Java like bites the head off the frog and spits it at the gong. And Paul was saying like, well, good thing they didn't have to go through the whole process of Ula like getting sent down into the pit with the Rancor and turning into the frog. <laughs> and your response was, yeah, yeah. Who was this frog that Java just ate? That's right. Oh. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That's a whole other, uh, there's an anthology movie waiting to be made. Right. I, that just killed me. Yeah, I, when I was a child, I always believed that Ula turned into that frog that Java ate, and it creeped me out so much. It, like, gave me anxiety. So. <laughs> Do you think it was intentional? Were they trying to kind of mislead, or were they just trying to, like, substitute a frog being eaten as opposed to the grisly scene of a woman being eaten by the rancor? Like a stand-in. It, it might be one of those, like, gross, like, fake-out things where, like, something really, really gross happens in, like, Game of Thrones and somebody's dying and being mutilated and then it immediately cuts to somebody, like, eating really, like, sloppy food or something yeah. like that. <laughs> right. So you thought Ula was the frog? Yeah. yeah it turned into the frog. Ula, when she went down into the pit, something happened, she was processed somehow and then became the frog that uh, Jabba then eats. It came up right. when we were I talking always... about that on, on Jedi, and then it's it, it's become a little bit of a thing that other people now they're 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 emboldened. They're not afraid to speak out anymore that they thought that was the case coming out of the show. Wow, I never yeah I I never got that. I I do love the um the Ula getting eaten with the no show of the rancor. Like we'll, we'll save that for later. That's a good right. good bit of tension getting built up there. Well, good work, Marquan. You nailed it. Yeah. Yet again. <laughs> <laughs> when Han Solo and Princess Leia are having their spat in the uh, Echo Base can- in the hallway, I recently learned that a sizable minority of people think that he says, you know, oh, you can, I can uh, just assume kiss a Wookiee, and he says, I can arrange that. He could, he, you could use a good kiss. Some people thought he said he could use a good kiss. What do you guys think about it? Huh. I always thought it was he could use a good kiss. So you did oh. think it was he? Yeah. No, it was you. I, yeah, I always <laughs> thought it was a good you, kiss. But, although now I don't have the script in front of me, so I'm second-guessing myself. Did we look it up at the time? I don't think so. I always assumed it was he. I, I oh. thought Chewie needed the kiss. Chewie needs a kiss. <laughs> My assumption is that Leia and Han hooked up immediately prior to that conversation, and that's why it's so tense. Yeah, but they didn't kiss. Oh, they part. must not have kissed. You're right. <laughs> Although I like that it's like, like he could use a good kiss because like it implies like like Chewie and I have just been you know practice kissing and like he's not you know like he could use a good kiss. <laughs> he's he's worked his way up in the amateurs. Right. <laughs> he's ready to hit the pro circuit. What? But aren't we all? Aren't we all? Uh, you guys having reviewed all these minutes, what is what is the worst minute in Star Wars history? <laughs> droid I'm, factory. Yeah, it's got to be droid factory. I'm trying to remember the specific number. It's around, I think, uh, 104? 90, or somewhere around 100, either right before 100 or right after 100. But, I think uh, it was right after 100. Yeah, that, anyway. that droid factory, there's just stuff that just doesn't need to be there. That's, and then, you know, but, doing the research, realizing that that, was, that whole sequence was just a... a added in later because they thought it needed a little more action in the middle or whatever. Although I'll also say um, the, the Padme, Anakin stuff is, is really tough to get through too. Well, the Anakin Padme, what stuff? It sort of just uh, jolted. The romance, the, you know, the 
sand and oh like them having their discussion in front of and all that. it's just cringy yeah, yeah that, that droid factory minute has the probably the worst music editing of the entire series also like i'm a huge music fan and pete and alex if you guys want to get a guest like you should this is my suggestion it would be great if you guys got on a somebody that would like talk about music a lot i don't know like david collins or somebody who know really really deeply knows the music to talk about it for a week i, I think that would be really cool but that scene has the worst music editing it's like they took 10 seconds clips from everywhere in the Phantom Menace and other places and then just mashed it all together. I mean, I think that's what they did, basically, because they were, uh, you know, that scene wasn't originally written in there. There was just some quiet talking scenes and then they they patched together. They brought some people in, did some, you know, CG work and some reshoots and they they made this whole sequence out of nothing. And I think it was too late. For, to get new music for it, so we just kind of cut and pasted. Um, yeah, yeah, it it is just it's so tacked on, and I I always defer to the the Phantom edit of it, Attack of the Phantom. You won't get a hint of uh, the Droid Factory scene, and it's pretty sweet. You miss that whole bit where R two D two puts his jetpacks and and he just he just glides past. Fonzie on the water skis. It's, it's really beautiful. <laughs> and and then that started that started one of my least favorite trends in Star Wars, particularly in the animation. It's it's flying R two units like or astromechs. They have just overdone the, the the rocket power of these droids. I can understand just a little little boost to get upstairs now and then, but these guys are going on mission, going through space. Yeah. Just chill out. <laughs> Although we like does... our droids to be very lame and untalented and have no <laughs> special powers, but all the humans could have crazy, incredible powers. Yeah, that was very way... sarcastic. That was not sarcastic, Steel. That was the <laughs> truth. That's what we really want. <laughs> it kind of oh, matches the way my, that we my, would my play. fingers over that hang up button. <laughs> <laughs> Like when we were a kid, when I, at least when I was a kid, I know, you know, R2-D2 flew everywhere because he had an open link. He was, he, sometimes he was a rocket, sometimes he was a cannon, you know, because he, he had that kind of open bottom. Um, <laughs> but the, um, the, the, you know, I, the, there should be a difference between, you know, the way that I play as a child and what I see on the screen a little bit. I don't know. I've come around on the rockets. I'm now pro. Well, oh. It, in in context, you know, watching those minute by minute, taking a week to kind of, or whatever it was, two weeks almost to go through that droid factory sequence. Once the rockets hit, it was like, you know what? This isn't that bad. <laughs> Compared to everything else going on, this is kind of the best thing on screen right now. Um, All right. Con- conversely, what is the greatest minute? Well, hmm. we might differ on this because I think mine is still... I think it's 110 of uh, of the original Star Wars the motion picture uh the the you know kind of uh, the Death Star trench run is just beginning in earnest I think it's Gold Squadron is 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 doing their thing and it's it's just it's really exciting and really well put together and that that's that's that thrills me and that still gets me I think that's my favorite of of all of them still Huh I'm not sure my my gut instinct say um 
uh, Han Solo being put in carbonite, which, Steel, I know you're a big fan of that uh, particular minute. Uh, I would also put um, <laughs> one of my favorite scenes from Star Wars is when uh, they meet uh, Han and Chewie at the cantina and there's that little negotiation. It's such a subtle kind of small little scene because it's just them talking. There's no real action or anything, but the, the characterization in it is just really sharp and, uh, you know, you get to see Han Solo more or less at his coolest. So, uh, can't go wrong with that. Right. Both my minutes were Han Solo minutes. Interesting. Uh, what's your favorite minute, Austin? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the binary sunset. It's Classic. no talking. It, it's great. Luke just walks out there just like any kid, you know, teenager would, pondering his future, looking at the sunset, you know, but they don't draw any you know, great attention to the fact that there's two suns there and they're on some weird planet, some crazy sci-fi movie. And the music's really like melancholy. And I don't know. It's perfect. It just warms yeah, your heart when you're in your basement knocking back bees, huh? <laughs> yeah, drinking my, drinking my Miller lights and uh, calling into my two favorite podcasts. Equal Love favorites. It. Equal favorites. Right. Equal. My equal favorite podcast. I would Thank have you, this opportunity and other uh, right now. Yeah. Well, um, uh, I yeah, what will, about you? Uh, What's your favorite minute? Oh, oh, come on! Ignite the green. I don't know. I'm not oh. sure of, of, of whatever the the timestamp <laughs> on that. But when Luke Skywalker, I, I I I watch the. I get sent the gifts of it so much, and I, <laughs> I every gift I just like watch it again. He just grabs it, looks at it. He's got this slight little twinkle in his eye and then it ah that green glow and then it's on it is on check you later you made a big mistake jabber it's, it's all going <laughs> downhill from here on in and i um i can't i, I i'm sort of i i will podcast it. i will make a, a podcast out of the trip but i yeah i i, I think i'm going to get a little bit emotional when i stand at that the actual like I'll be at that spot in Tatooine. It's going to be the best right. two days. I'm very thrilled. But Austin, thanks so much for your call, man. And yeah. I'll put you back on hold so you can listen to the rest of the show. Thanks, thanks, thanks guys. Austin. I'm looking forward to hearing Tone C, the famous <laughs> Tony Consiglio, and best Star Wars Minute guest star. <laughs> looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. And of course, what he meant to say was equal best guest star with Steel. So uh, let's just, let's just, let's, you know, I'm a very fragile young man. I thought you were going to so say equal best guest star with us when we're guesting on your show. Obviously, we're the best guest stars there. So, that, so. Yeah, I'm not that phased <laughs> about massaging your egos at all. It's more me to worry about you guys. So I'm just going to be open and honest about that. But uh, let's go to Rashad. Uh, where are you calling from, buddy? Hey, man calling from LA. LA, around the corner, of course, yes. Hey, I haven't even plugged this yet. I haven't got the tickets up, but save, hopefully you're free, Rashad, the 2nd of December, 4 p.m. at the Scum and Villainy Fan Cantina, and we'll be doing a live podcast with Sam Whitwer, which will be very exciting. So uh, wow. make sure what a you're fizzle. down at that one. How do I even follow so, that? Wow. I will make myself available. 
Nice. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. He, um, of course, is, was in the Force Unleashed and has voiced many uh, cartoon characters, including Darth Maul. So it's going to be exciting. So I look forward to seeing you there, Rashad. And also the fact that we're doing it in the cantina is going to be really exciting. Uh, what have you got tonight, buddy? See, I'm just looking forward to playing some Battlefront after the show here tonight. Diving into that. Have you started it yet? Uh, yeah, I actually finished the single player. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, you recommend it? Should I be playing uh, it, basically? Let's see. Well, based on what you were saying earlier, I think you'll enjoy it as a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're more of a gamer and not a star Wars fan, you won't enjoy it. But I think this game is kind of made for like more of a casual audience versus like a call of duty crowd. Right. Perfect. Yeah. No, I, I play maybe like one video game a year on average. So, mm-hmm. and I did enjoy the story. It was very cinematic. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. What's on your mind tonight, Rashad? Well, uh, a lot of people have been talking about, the kind of how good like you guys were saying how good do you think the last jedi is going to be but on the opposite end i'm curious what you guys think the floor for last jedi is like how bad could it possibly be poor (laughs) (laughs) like at its worst where would you maybe put it like in a spur of the moment ranking kind of thing you know what i mean I worry that there'll be things that, uh, you know, through no fault of his own, Ryan Johnson was kind of forced to include that will uh, that will be very un-Star Wars-y as far as what we think of Star Wars. These are these are my oh. my deepest fears that there'll be like, you know, they're like, well, here's where we're, you know, the 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 story group and whatever they've you know they've plotted it out and there it's you know it, it i'm sure there'll be stuff that's not bad but they really you know they're looking forward and they want to see the direction that they're taking it and so if they're going to be like look well here's here's where it's going so we need to make this change or we need to do this thing and you know i'm sure it'll be well handled on his part but it might be something that just at its at its core feels on star wars to me and takes me out of it that's my fear they, they seem to push the concept that they don't know where it's going, which is quite curious. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. I, I feel like they have a general idea, but not a not specifics. So who basically yeah, I, is in, is Kathleen Kennedy plotting this all out? Well, it's hard to say from what they actually put out there. Like. You know, like the the public face of it is that the director, you know, writer comes in and, you know, they write the story with, you know, guidance from the story group and, and massage it together. So, you know, like J.J. Abrams is, is coming in to, you know, he, he scrapped whatever Trevor Al had worked on and is going to do episode nine. But like, yeah, they, they, the, the public, like the PR spin is, we don't know where it's going, but like, to me, that's crazy. Like to not have that sort of final vague, like final scene or, you know, final last 20 minutes of, 
of episode nine, like just a vague thing of, you know, Ray climbs the Jedi mountain. I just, I don't know, whatever, but it just seems like such a weird thing not to have an end to, but it, it, it seems that they, they, they kind of, um, the, the PR spin is that it's a, a bit of an open book. But what, what's your, what, what sort of things are you worried that they'll be forced to wedge in? I don't know. That's what I'm I, like. And again, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm, uh, you know, I, I like I've, I've got hostility towards the story group. I think you're doing a great job of managing the the ship, but it's a big ship that is going potentially somewhere. And I, I'm worried that at one point I'll just get, you know, it'll take a step that I'm not that into and, and uh, I'll just get cast aside. But I don't know. We'll, we'll, if we can survive uh, the prequels, it can. What do you think? That's true. But the, I, yeah. Like I'm tempted I, to say the prequels felt more Star Wars. They felt they, as, as, as many missteps as there were, they still felt pretty Star Warsy. but there's a lot of stuff that I've probably just learned to swallow uh, in the past, you know, 20 years. Yeah. I think for me, it's, it's Luke Skywalker. That, that's where I could sort of walk out liking the film, but going, I'm a bit disappointed in what they did with Luke Skywalker. Like, I'm, 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 I don't know. It's going to be hard for me not to like a Star Wars film. Do you know what I mean? So I just yeah. have to go. Well, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like it because, you know, even average pizza is pretty good. But I think the Luke Skywalker part of the story, that's what's gonna affect my where it, you know, if it can break into the top three Star Wars films. I, I, my, my read at the moment is it's going to be, it's going to bounce out the Force Awakens as far as like Force Awakens is my, a pretty solid number four for me. Okay. So what do you want to see? Obviously you want to see him light the green, ignite the green, but what else do you want to see Luke do that? What, what would you, if you walked out being like, man, that was perfect. Luke did everything I wanted to see him do. What would that include? Like, what do you want to see him do. I just want him. I just want him to come through. The like I, I want it. No, no, no. <laughs> I just want him to. Like, I just want him to like like come through as a hero. Like to be down, you know, to sort of not want yeah, a like, part what? of it. And then in the end, something happens that he's like. I just want him to be the old Luke Skywalker with the so lightsaber. You want to see him like fight lightsaber. You don't want to. You don't want him to be like in a. Ben Kenobi kind of mentory role. You want to see him out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I need action. I need, okay. I need heroics. I need green lightsaber, please. So <laughs> yeah. So I, I am fascinated with. I, I, I'm not that fascinated that I want it to happen, but I am interested with how I would handle it being a great film, but not having, you know, Luke Skywalker do that. How I would like like deal with those emotions but i'm not that interested that i want it to happen but that i I don't know if i'm just setting that up to to fall back on if he doesn't do the stuff so i'm like oh this is going to be an interesting social experiment what does a a disappointed fully grown adult look like oh (laughs) me yay (laughs) i i still uh, maintain and and you obviously will disagree with this, but I still maintain that I would love to see a Star Wars movie with no lightsabers in it. 
I'll second that emotion. Really? Yeah, I, I think we, you know, we, we, it seems like, you know, the, the, the path is, you know, the, the, the main numbered movies will still, they're going to be following this kind of Skywalker arc and that's fine. And that's, that's, I, I like that too, but I still would want, and, and, you know, maybe this will be solo. Maybe that's where it'll come from, but like in a, in an anthology movie and something like that, I would love to see a star Wars movie with no lightsabers. And we almost had it with rogue one, but um, the, the kind of star Wars means more than that. You know what I mean? So much of, you know, there were, there were, you know, how many minutes, I guess we would be the ones to know this, but how many minutes of lightsaber <laughs> were there in the original Star Wars? Not that many. You know, Luke turns it on to test it out when he gets it, and then the, you know, uh, the duel at the end. But in uh, in between, there's just, a, you know, here and there, walrus men and the and the training on the Falcon and stuff like that. But, it, uh, it, it you know, it was a part of it, but it wasn't, you know, the focus of it. Hmm. I... I, I... I don't know. I, I think the solo one's going to be the best bet. And yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm, hard, I'm having a hard time trying to come up with a reason for them to show a lightsaber and me not be just like, oh, what's that? That's a bit tacked on. Well, he, so, you thought that way about, you thought that way about Rogue One, that, that yeah. person who hated that Vader scene at the end. Well, hate is a strong word, but... Search your feelings. You <laughs> <laughs> that um, that totally was what that felt like to me. Yeah, that they were like they were making this cool movie, and they're like, oh, you know what? When we we teased that Vader's going to be in it, people went crazy. So let's throw more of that in there. Yeah, I didn't like. I thought that that scene was, you know, fun and exciting, but I I didn't get the like the Vader gasm that a lot of other people got. Like, right. like people were just like face melting on that one. And I was like, it was good, but I, I just, I, I, I just like didn't get that, like that amount of adrenaline that a lot of other people got out of it. But yeah. you, you give me a, uh, a Jedi master Luke Skywalker, similar scene. And uh, you're all we'll, over it. We'll get it. Ah, uh, we are all over it in several different ways. Uh, Rashad, have you got anything else that you wanted to uh, get out there, buddy? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much it. Thanks, guys. I'm enjoying the show. And uh, first round of Blue Milk's on me at the cantina, buddy. Nice. Look forward to seeing you there. And I hope to have tickets on sale for that by Monday. But uh, 2nd of December, 4 p.m., at the Scum and Villainy Cantina in Hollywood, California. Now, uh, we are about up on our on-demand time. We've done about an hour. So if you are listening live or on the Patreon feed, stay with us as we'll go into a bit of bonus time. We've got a bunch of callers to get through. Uh, but if you're listening on iTunes or on a regular feed, we have got our Patreon, and that is $3 a month. You get tons of bonus shows. People have been really enjoying the Making Steel Wars shows this month, where Jason Ward and I, from MakingStarWars.com, we've been trying to analyze the trailers 
and put the footage in order that it will appear in the film, which is a fun little puzzle to try work out when each thing's going to happen in that order. So you can check that out for $3 a month and hear the bonus shows that we do in the call-in show and the weekly Q&As. But before we go to bonus time, Alex and Peter, you guys are doing every weekday for, I don't know, the next couple of months, you'll have a minute. Well, you'll be analysing a minute for far more than a minute. So tell the good people of the internet where they can follow your adventures. Uh, StarWarsMinute.com is the easiest uh, way to find us. You can go there. We're also on iTunes I think, and wherever you wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Yeah, and there's a there's a subscription link up at the top of the page at StarWarsMinute.com, and you can follow us on the social things. Uh, Star Wars Minute on Twitter, the Star Wars Minute on uh, Instagram, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Where if you uh, if you listen to our uh, you listen to it, you like the kind of discussions that we have. We also have a Facebook group. And you can come talk to us over there, Star Wars Minute Listener Society, and yeah, still you're in there. It's a fun time. It, the Star Wars Minute Listener Society is a very civilized place to talk about <laughs> Star Wars. I I, I appreciate. Uh, I'm only. Uh, active member of i think maybe four different facebook groups uh one of them being the, the steel wars one but yeah the star wars minute one it, it is a good tone of conversation like passionate but light-hearted and I've, I've never seen anyone like bug out in there so that is a, <laughs> a credit to you guys for for running a tight ship we try i think yeah we we Instantly eject people who uh, raise a stink. So you better watch yourselves. <laughs> uh, well, I highly recommend you, everyone, listen to the Star Wars Minute. It's one of my favorite shows, and it's such a fun way to analyze and sort of a different way to watch the movies, which is, is really cool. So, uh, Pete and Alex, let's go into bonus time. Thanks so much for being on the show. Our pleasure. Thanks, yeah. And may that force be with you. Let's go to bonus time. All righty. We have got a Skype caller, I do believe. Who are you and where are you calling from? Hello, Steele. Is that me? That's me. It's Andrew Minnis here in Melbourne. Hey, Andrew. How you doing, man? Minnis? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Done. Do it. <laughs> Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.